I hope you'll stay a while. Last week, we did a book review of the novel Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson, and I had you listen to an old interview I conducted with her that was kind of a precursor to building home. That was actually a little Easter egg about where we're heading this week. Now, we've all joked about it, you know, visiting our favorite hotel and deciding, okay, I'm moving here. But today's guest actually made that happen. And then he went from... I'm living here now to owning the place. Yes, incredible. And it's not just any place either. Barry Colomer is the owner of Mount Cinnamon Hotel and Beach Club in Grenada, an award-winning luxury beach resort. It's the kind of place that you see in Forbes or Condé Nast Traveler and you bookmark because that kind of paradise seems worlds away. No beach is actually that beautiful, but yeah, Grandance is. It is indeed one of, if not the most beautiful stretch of beach I've seen in the Caribbean. Grenadians seem to like to keep their idyllic island a secret, and I can't say I blame them. Since visiting Grenada in January with my mother, I wanted to simultaneously shout out from the rooftops how amazing this island is, and keep the Spice Isle a secret all to myself. You see, the island's proximity to Venezuela and America's somewhat pathetic, quote, invasion of the island in the 1980s might lead it to be off the radar for many American travelers. But you'll find Brits here in full force as well as other Europeans. To me, Grenada was perfect. Beautiful, great food, amazingly friendly people, safe. The properties had a laid-back luxury to them, attracting travelers that wanted to dip their full body in and really experience the place. At Mount Cinnamon, Barry beautifully represents that. You see, Barry Collimore has made a career, a life really, from stepping out of his comfort zone. He thrives in the unknown. These experiences have shaped him into the Caribbean power broker he is today as the owner and executive chairman of Mount Cinnamon Beach Resort Grenada and beyond. I've spoken, especially on the trailer and first episode here, about my deep understanding of the need to leave home when things are too comfortable and too complacent. Speaking recently for a class at Vanderbilt University, I vicariously lived through the students' excitement of their first trips to Italy. For many of them, their first trip outside of the U.S., Like Amherst, Vanderbilt makes it a point that your scholarship or assistance transfers to an abroad program should you choose to do so during your time at the college. This gives students an incredible opportunity. I think a lot more colleges do that than people realize. Financial aid shouldn't be, if possible, a hindrance to studying abroad. Like our guest today, I'm so thrilled I studied abroad. My sophomore year at Amherst was great. I didn't want to leave the bubble. But I made the decision during early sophomore year and stuck with it. And needless to say, that time in Milan was life-changing for me. It shaped my career, my perspective, the people I surround myself with. Would I be married and living in Bergamo had I not studied abroad? Probably not. It's pretty doubtful. New York City can feel like the center of the world sometimes. It can be hard to leave, but there's definitely more out there. And Barry's a seeker of that. He's a seeker of the more in the world. 
and how to bring the world to his slice of paradise. Barry's many accomplishments speak to this, and we'll get into it on the podcast. But in terms of education in the future, he's the co-founder of the West Indies School of Hospitality, a new hospitality school developed in collaboration with eCornell, which offers over 5,000 hospitality scholarships annually. This wasn't his first foray into higher education, though, and his previous work includes serving with the Grenada Tourism Authority and as a senior advisor to a former prime minister of Grenada. He is also a director and partner of West Indies Management Company, a company that's involved in hotel and tourism development in Grenada. And on top of this, the man likes beekeeping. (laughs) Barry is a true testament to when you love what you do, it comes naturally. We met at his property and he graciously celebrated my mother's birthday with us. He was extremely engaged and present and at the same time subtly overseeing how things were going at the beachside restaurant, how guests were enjoying their time. So let's get into it. Join Barry and I as we discuss building home, community, and life abroad. And I am so excited to talk to you today, Barry. Um, It's already been too long since seeing you in Grenada. Next time, I'm going to be staying at your, as I said before, your luxury award-winning property, a little slice of paradise, Mount Cinnamon. I have Um, to promise that. You got to promise me that. (laughs) I promise you I will be there. I will be there. Oh, as soon as as soon as we have the baby, I was like, Grenada. Then I was looking. I was like, when am I due? Can I fit in a trip to Grenada before? Exactly. And you know, we're perfect for families. We're big on families. So You're it's got to be your new favorite. Absolutely. I saw so many families when I visited there for lunch. And also, even traveling there pregnant with the medical school, I would be a-okay being there and maybe having to give birth in Grenada. It wouldn't be a bad thing. (laughs) It wouldn't be a bad thing to me. Maybe to my husband, he would be like, I have to come like emergency from Italy, not to New York, but Italy to Grenada. (laughs) That would be difficult for him. But yeah, I mean, as soon as I heard your story, I saw you at Mount Cinnamon. I knew about the property before, saw you were the owner and knew I had to had to talk about had to talk to you because you're kind of living the frequent traveler entrepreneur's dream. Um, You stayed on a beautiful property in the Caribbean island and you now own it. So 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 a lot of people probably are wondering. How did you get there? There's like so many people that stay at beautiful places and go, oh, I want to be, I want to own a hotel one day, not knowing all of the work that it goes into owning a hotel, the hospitality industry. And you've been so amazing and vocal about that in the in Grenada and then in the tourism space. So I knew you were someone that I wanted to chat with. So uh, diving into it, the idea of home. When was the first time that you lived abroad? You're based in Grenada. Are you originally from Grenada? No, I'm I'm originally from Barbados. My uh, my family has uh, Barbadian and Panamanian uh, heritage. My grandmother, my mom, Panamanian uh, heritage. Um, but I I I always knew that I wanted to travel, and I always knew that my father was a very frequent traveler, and we always. Uh, travel around and he he traveled for business so we'd always hear his stories so I got very curious about travel from my dad 
who 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 did a lot of business in the Caribbean and uh, and he would he would travel a lot and I got very curious about that. The first time I actually traveled was uh, was to uh, Jamaica to this is the first time I lived abroad when mm -hmm. I traveled to Jamaica as a student to pursue my um, my first degree. And, and I absolutely loved it. And and uh, I love, I immersed myself in the culture, uh, the experiences. I probably spent more time off campus than on campus, more time, too much time. Uh, not <laughs> immersed <laughs> in the culture. <laughs> A bit too much culture. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. And I just enjoy, for me, I enjoy learning and I enjoy uh, meeting people. And that's what travel's about. It's about learning and, and it's about meeting people. So for me, travel and it, it's 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 a natural thing. And uh no one ever um learned anything by doing the same thing over and over again. So new experiences are really ever you should really treasure new experiences. Absolutely, absolutely. And did you feel when you were there as a student, did you feel at home in Jamaica? Um, were you going back to Barbados a lot? Um, I, I know you were in the UK for a bit with your studies. So your studies kind of have taken you all over with travel. Yep. My studies and, and my work and then my curiosity. When I, mm -hmm. Of course, moving to Jamaica from, uh, you, you know, you're moving from a small country uh, like Barbados to Jamaica. It, it's an overwhelming thing because you have Jamaica has a very powerful culture one of the most powerful cultures in the world <laughs> yeah easy get there and get immediately uh slammed with it rolled over with it etc and uh for me i enjoyed that i enjoyed i enjoyed uh not knowing i'm the kind of person that will just like to just drop in somewhere that i had nowhere no knowledge about and just and just learn but for some people that can be daunting mm -hmm. uh, i recognize that but at the end of the day you know, you will come out better. You will you will come out a better person. You're going to learn uh, some new things and it helps you with your everyday uh, life in terms of uh, seeing things uh, from different perspectives. So, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. And then your trajectory after your studies into hospitality, well, business and hospitality. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that from how you became the owner of Mount Cinnamon. And then we'll get into not, that's not your only title. You serve on several important boards and I can't wait to get into that, but how did you become the owner of Mount Cinnamon as from being a guest there? Um, well, it's, you know, when I first moved to Grenada uh, 20 years ago to work with St. George's University, mm -hmm. um, they, you know, this was the place where I ended up living. I was supposed to be only here for a month and uh, and then I was traveling around doing different things. And then because uh, we were taking the, the SGU campaign and making it global because I worked in marketing and PR mm -hmm. uh, at the time for SGU. So we were going to different countries and really rolling out a global campaign for this fantastic university that we have here called St. George's University. Um, and I got too busy really to find uh, to find an, uh, an apartment of my own. And after a month, the university said, well, you, we'll put you up for another month, but you absolutely have to find a, a place. And then I said, OK, sure, I'll find a, a place. Don't worry. Scouts on her. And, <laughs> and I was busy again. Then the, 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 
the uh, the general manager at the at Mel Cinnamon at the time, a lady called Jean St. Louis, she said to me, Barry, would you, why we have some apartments here that we rent out long term. She said, I know you you are um, considering finding another place, but why don't you come live with us and, and rent it long term? And I thought, this is fantastic. I love it here anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, hate, um, I hate packing or unpacking. And what a great place. So I, I lived there. I lived here for three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was absolutely great. You know, I had a I had a wonderful time. And um, and uh, Grenada is such a warm, welcoming and really um, beautiful culture. And, and uh, that, you know, I really, really enjoyed uh, living in Grenada as well. And I was really the work that we were doing in Grenada uh, was really groundbreaking and pioneering we were taking a university that had really just focused on american mm-hmm. and american medical students and then rolling it out to the entire world including the caribbean uh, so uh and and i thought it was a perfect combination that again that was a lot of travel because like, i traveled uh, maybe two weeks of every month and then home back two weeks um, but, you know, I couldn't wait to get back to Mount Cinnamon. I would be out in some of the most beautiful places and I'd be thinking, wow, I just want to sit on my por- porch and just look out at this beautiful view here at Mount Cinnamon. So I was thinking all of that. And and then I eventually left Grenada and went to the UK to do some postgraduate studies. And uh, and I came back and I uh, after my postgraduate degree, I taught at the business school for St. George's University. And... Um, and uh, I started work doing different things. And one of the things that one of the things that I did was I uh, I started uh, so I was working for St. George's University in a very good job, a very comfortable job. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you all this for a reason. So bear with me. So I came back to SGU, went to study, came back with did, did my postgraduate studies, okay. came back to SGU in a really good job, very comfortable uh teaching in the business school and also working in in um in ad in admin continuing what i was doing and and then the prime minister of grenada said why don't you come um barry i want you to come work for me as an advisor and 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 my and and then the natural thing was great job at su working for government first of all first thing is you working for government, you immediately will take a 50, at least a 50% haircut in your salary. From the right? private sector. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so any normal person would think <laughs> nothing. Right? <laughs> they but usually me, do the not, other way. <laughs> uh, uh, right. I, I said, sure. Because the reason why I did it is one, um, I thought this country that I had now made my home, uh, working for the government, gave me a chance to give back and and do some form of service to the country. One, that was important for me. Two, uh, the prime minister uh, is really was is a really nice guy and I really liked him and he's and he, I thought he was doing a lot of positive things. So mm-hmm. I thought you know having this would be really uh, somebody who's a, be a good boss and somebody again who we could learn a lot for from. Mm-hmm. And and then thirdly, um I started uh, thinking that uh, me always wanting to learn, I was thinking that, you know, what better thing to do than to try and do something totally different, something that you've never even contemplated, something that you never thought about. And 
uh, I did that. And it was one of the steepest learning curves that I, because you think that you're this hotshot private sector guy uh, coming into government and boy, are you <laughs> learn because it's, it's totally different, different right? Bureaucracy, how oh, things flow. God. The private sector is all about, <laughs> about results, results, results. Uh -huh. And the public sector is all about process, 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 right? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was a steep learning curve. Um, but it was fun. But it, what it did then was it got me into a whole different network of people. And it, and I met the owner of um, who, the guy who just bought Mount Cinnamon. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then he said to me, Barry, why don't you? He said, I'd like you to come work for me. I said, well, you know, I have a contract with the PM. I can't, you know, I can't um, I can't just give up this I said uh, give me a year he said of course you can work for both of us he said don't worry I'll talk to the PM <laughs> <laughs> I love that I love the community <laughs> uh, so we start I started you know doing half time here and half time uh for the for the PM and we and you know I worked uh in a in a because you know not that I was a I was never a public servant I was always on working on a contract with government um so I started and then eventually uh, I came out of government and worked full time for for him, and and then working for him, I got out of let did less marketing and more development work. Mm. So we were developing. So I was working on leading as one of the leaders of his development team here, yeah. and that got me into hotel development. Then um, and then um, during the when we had the. The, the the crash when development slowed down in 2009 uh, we put a pause on things and then I went for, to work for another development company uh, as the CEO of the um, of the uh, cruise port here then I came yeah. back so everything was always leading me back to Mount Cinnamon yeah. and eventually eventually um, last last uh, last September uh, sorry last August um, and this is something that him and I had spoken about on a number of occasions. Uh, uh, Peter DeSavry, uh, who's now deceased, God bless his soul, mm -hmm. said to me, Barry, uh, it's time for me to have a successor. Um, this is the price for the company. Uh, if you want to, if you're interested, um, you know, you can buy buy, buy me out. And, wow. and, uh, and that's what I did. So the moral of that story is, uh, you don't get anywhere by being comfortable. You don't get anywhere by not learning. Absolutely. You don't get anywhere by doing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. uh, you get somewhere by uh, having new experiences, traveling, meeting new people, making yourself uncomfortable, and and uh, and certainly um, and certainly uh, persevering. Uh, and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. That seems to sure, be con yeah. continuous in your story. Exactly. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that that's really, that's really, had I stayed at SGU and, and uh, I would have been, you know, I may have a nice job and I'd be a professor for the rest of my life. Right. Yeah. But you wouldn't be where yeah. you are now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Here and, we are. And as you were training under Peter Safi, do you think in his head, that he was mentoring you because he felt, I, I mean, I, I feel like it's such a special place. Everyone holds it close to their heart. So you don't want to just pass it to anyone. Right. Um, and so he, he knew you could take the reins and over the years he was watching as you were prepping to take the reins. Do you, do you feel that could have been the case? 
Yeah, I think definitely. I think that I've been fortunate to have a number of different um, bosses and people who, friends who are serve as mentors. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly Peter DeSavery was one, one of them. And uh, actually in the, in the press release when um, when he announced it, he he did he did say that how proud he was to to of the whole thing and that really was touching to me um and uh you know he was one of them uh the former pm was one of them um mm-hmm. uh, my friend uh dr rudy webster was one of one of my mentors uh, he you know he got me into into really believing in myself and my own ability mm-hmm. um, and and certainly my own father mm-hmm. uh taught me the value of hard work and and perseverance so I've had a lot of great mentors in my life and mentorship is something that uh that is important for for development but you will not meet the best mentors by just staying at home and and uh or in your village or your community and just doing you you will meet the best people you will get the best networking from travel mm-hmm. uh, new people and so it all goes back to travel if you don't travel if you don't go out there and seek new experiences you're not going to meet new people and you're not going to have new experiences and you're not going to learn and for people that are listening how would you advise building a community like you have done in places that are far from home but you know that are always leading you to the next step in your life in your career how did you build these communities well, it's important of how you see travel. A lot of people see travel as, hey, I'm on vacation, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and yeah, that's fine, right? But travel is, is as I keep saying, is, it's, it's, it's not just about what the community offers you as a tourist. Mm-hmm. It's also about finding out about what, uh, not just peeping behind the curtain of the community, going behind the curtain and sit sitting and listening and 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 the most important thing that i found uh living in other places is uh value every value respect people mm-hmm. and value their opinions because sometimes some of the best opinions uh and some of the best advice comes from some of the places that you don't expect it so if you come in as oh i'm this rich tourist or i'm this uh, Amer- uh, this uh, super rich American, or I'm this important person. Uh, then you know you 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 are going to uh, you are not going to uh, perceive that community in the way that you should. And where if you mm-hmm. go in at a level where you think you are better, okay. uh, all you're going to be doing is listening to yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be getting the best out of that community. So I've always wherever I've lived, I've lived in. In the U.S. Uh, for a time, uh, when I was doing a, a, a internship at at CNN, I've lived in the United Kingdom where I studied. I've mm-hmm. lived in Africa where I studied. I've lived here in Grenada where I studied. Barbados where I where I grew up. Wow. I have always sought to have friends at every single level. Yeah, because you just never know. And if you only if you go to a place um, that's new. And you only hang out with, uh, if I, you know, if I go to uh, uh, somewhere, I go to America and I only hang out with Grenadians, I'm not learning anything. I'm learning their perspective of America. I'm not learning um, other people's perspectives. And uh, I think that uh, in general, 
what this world and what we all need is more tolerance and more empathy and, okay. and more respect for people's opinions. Everyone's opinion is important. You don't have to agree with it, but yeah. I feel that we have lost the art of uh, agreeing to disagree. Absolutely. And and in terms of, I think Mount Cinnamon, even just my short time there for lunch, the guests that were there seem to really believe in that ethos, that they're traveling and they're there to embrace the community. They're there to embrace Grenada. They're on Grand Dance Beach. They're walking around. And so it does seem to be a trickle down from top to bottom and how people, how your staff interacts with guests and the kind of guests that seek out experiences there. And so in in terms of being in hospitality, do you feel like your idea of hospitality is making people feel like they escape the stresses of home or that they're in a, a quote unquote home away from home? Which way do you lean? Well, the problem is, is that when they get here, they don't even remember home. That's part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so that's part of the problem but when you come here because Mount Cinnamon is very much uh, uh, it, although it's a hotel it's 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 uh, you feel like you're part of a, a, a mm-hmm. village um, we are most of our staff have been here for over uh, 10 years um, we have uh, a really great complement of staff uh, who are who are um, really empathetic and uh, in tune with the needs of the guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the rest, the, uh, the hotel has been developed with an ethos which was, which, is, uh, which was started by Peter de Savary and I'm continuing it, that uh, we want people to feel uh, comfortable. Uh, we want people to really enjoy themselves and have fun. And this is why we don't put any restrictions on um, on so for instance we are welcoming to families mm-hmm. Family travel is one of the most beautiful uh, when i i always say to people say well, what's your most satisfying thing about hotel the most satisfying thing about this is when i see families traveling together yeah. and 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 not just nuclear families when you see the grandparents and and the parents and the kids and everybody's traveling and they're sitting at the table and you think of, to yourself what beautiful memories are you helping exactly what legacies are you helping to create how are look at these kids that you are that are sitting in in this in your hotel this will have an indelible mark on their lives and will make them better better uh people and that's for me is thing so uh the hotel is pet friendly as well so we have some pet friendly rooms because to people some people pets their pets that's part of the family So the idea is, is we're creating a community here that is embracing uh, humanity, mm-hmm. embracing the best parts of humanity uh, in this little enclave that we have here. But, but the important thing is uh, that we uh, are really welcoming mm-hmm. and that we really value the, ind- and we are small enough to cater for the individual needs of, of, of our guests. That's um, that's exactly what I think of when I think about Mount Cinnamon and also with the ethos and the idea of giving back to the travelers that come and that respect for them. Um, and that in turn, those travelers then impart that respect onto the island. Um, yeah. you, you are becoming a force in terms of sustainability and, and ecotourism, um, sustainable tourism 
in the West Indies. And so what, what with West Indies being home and climate change threatening that home, what's the responsibility that you feel of a property like Mount Cinnamon and tourists towards sustainability and ecotourism efforts in Grenada? Well, I think firstly, the problem um, is that the problem for small islands like Grenada is that we did not create this climate crisis that we yep. have, right? Uh, so we should not be called on to, uh, we can give our ideas, but there are others who have created this who should solve it. And that's the first thing. The Caribbean, I think it's one of the, uh, or could become one of the greatest climate victims. Absolutely. Uh, and I feel really strong about that because uh, let's think about it, right? If uh, climate change happens, our tourism sector is dependent on a few small things, but really important things. We are dependent on uh, on cool, uh, dry Decembers, January, mm -hmm. February, March, and April, right? Yep. What happens if the climate changes and you suddenly start having very rainy days? And it sounds simple, but you can completely devastate rain, rainy, a rainy January and February can completely devastate our tourism uh, dependent economies, right? And increasing hurricane seasons. Like we see islands like Dominica that constantly have to restart almost. Yeah. I mean, hurricanes are as well. I mean, you can build hurricane, more hurricane resilient infrastructure, mm -hmm. but I, the thing that I worry and, and, you know, the technology is there now to build a lot more hurricane resilient and to bounce back. Hurricanes are a constant worry of, of anybody who lives this part of the world. Yeah. Uh, Including people in in uh, the south of of uh, the United States, mm -hmm. um, but the thing that I'm even more concerned about is changes to our climate, which affect our uh, wind Absolutely. our high season, right? Mm -hmm. I also worry about um, the impact that uh, that uh, sea level rise can have on our beaches. Our beaches are our number one uh, income naturally natural income generating asset right yeah. number and sea level rise and beach uh, erosion and beach loss that also um, uh, threatens us and also uh, warming of the seas which can threaten our um, marine population yeah. uh, which uh, which again uh, can help have a devastating impact on food security and our ability to sustain ourselves and then finally I also worry about the, uh, the 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 damage that is uh, that is caused by um, uh, the the uh, the pollutants mm -hmm. uh, from coming uh, from the south with the rise of the sargassum uh, seaweed yeah which is devastating beaches uh, all in our in our areas because don't forget the beaches are the number one income generating Absolutely. asset, right? So that um, all of these things, when you put them together and you have a small grouping of islands in uh, the Caribbean who didn't cause any of this, we were not, we didn't cause any of it. In fact, yeah. they just rated a place like Grenada, they just rated us as being one of the places in the world with the cleanest air. Oh, wow. Right? Because we're not polluting ourselves. Exactly. Um, so, um, so I think that our leaders have to, our Caribbean leaders have to be a lot more unified in their approach. 
they have to be stronger in their approaches to uh, bigger countries mm-hmm. and have to uh, work on the premise that we didn't cause this climate uh, crisis. Yeah. You guys caused it. And, and the solution, we have to work together to protect the Caribbean uh, from, from some of these global uh, challenges that that, uh, that are now affecting us that we uh, that we ourselves didn't cause. So in a sense, um, in a sense, the a unified strategic approach by our leaders is important, mm-hmm. and getting the uh, community of of uh, of leaders, global leaders, uh, more uh, sensitized to the potential damage that uh, could be caused by climate change on the Caribbean. Absolutely. I think that and and passing on that knowledge and that level of empowerment and and responsibility to hold those accountable to the next generation, which I I, I want to talk before we go about the WISH program that sure. you're starting, because I, I just think it's so amazing and kind and and preparing the next level or sorry, the next generation of leaders in hospitality um, from the Caribbean, um, you as a young black man that we don't, you don't see that often um, as the face of hotel ownership or even in the West Indies itself. And so how, so tell us a little bit about the WISH program, its partnership with uh, schools in the U.S. and wh- how, why you thought that this was imperative to create. Yeah, well, coming from a development background, uh, mm-hmm. hospitality development background, we, uh, the, my company has worked with Peter DeSavery and other developers here in Grenada to develop some really beautiful properties. And uh, I'm really proud of what we've done and what we've developed uh, because they just are remarkable and they're great places to have holidays and for, for the community here to enjoy. And, and uh, they really are assets to the mm-hmm. community. However, I always thought that while we built really beautiful properties that nobody was building people. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you build these properties and then you think who you're gonna staff them with. And I think that while I believe that, uh, that the importation of labor is important because it gives, again, you create a community of, of uh, people working towards a common good and you are learning from each other. Mm-hmm. I always thought that uh, we needed to do more to empower our own people in the Caribbean. So Wish was born out of that idea. Uh, the idea is to make the Caribbean a more uh, globally competitive destination to uh, create a, a better and more productive platform for Caribbean uh, hospitality businesses. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, to make the Caribbean hospitality worker, the individual worker feel better about themselves, yeah. uh, empowered and to feel better about their jobs. So we have uh, partnered up with, uh, with uh, E. Cornell and with now with the Culinary Institute of America. And we have two sides of WISH. We have the School of uh, Hospitality Management mm-hmm. and Service. And then we have the School of Culinary Arts. So. Cool. What we do is we are providing, last year we provided over a thousand scholarships. Wow. We're going to do uh, over 2,000 to Caribbean uh, hospitality professionals uh, who will be trained either through the Cornell platform or through the Culinary Institute of America platform. And the idea is to 
make them uh, create learning paths uh, which lead to their own professional development and then which should make uh, the companies and the region mm-hmm. better. Because the number one thing in Caribbean hospitality, uh, education and development is that we really didn't have access. The average person can't really afford um, these uh, courses. Yeah. So I, for me, we give back a significant amount of our profits uh, to uh, uh, to hospitality education, mm-hmm. and I believe it's a it's a re- it's a commitment of mine. Uh, I will I am a product of education through scholarship, um, so I thought it in that it was my one of my duties uh, to give back to people who don't have that access and, and uh, pay it forward. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we're doing, and if and if uh, if through. Uh, uh, if God and has uh, put me in a position, and uh, and my work has put me in a position where I can give back, I thought better to do that because I see there's a definite need. Absolutely. Oh, it's uh, I, I love that, and and I had two things that I'm asking everyone. Mm-hmm. What's the word for expat in your home country, and do you consider yourself an expat or? global citizen I know that's a newly trending word um how would you describe yourself or Grenadian Bayesian like an expat how would you say I'm a I'm a citizen of the Caribbean I'm a regionalist mm-hmm. make no distinction between one Caribbean island or country to the other so I believe that I'm a Caribbean man firstly and I'm comfortable in any part of the Caribbean and uh, I you know, I, my mother is a is is U.S. citizen. Yeah. Years ago, she applied for us, my me and my brothers, to be U.S. citizens, and we and we actually got the the we got actually got the um the thing, and then and then I thought I talked to my brother, do you really want to live in the U.S.? And he said no, and I thought I don't want to do either, and and uh, I said we want to stay here in the Caribbean. Yes, so we never took it up, because I really believe in my region and I want yeah. to. Uh, my passion is for my own Caribbean region. Absolutely. So, so, so my thing is that I see myself as a as a regionalist, as a Caribbean man. Doesn't matter which island I'm in. Uh, I don't see. I see uh, us as one, and as part of my duty through wish and through other things that I can do. Uh, my aim is to bring us as a region closer together, and to create less boundaries. And that's mm-hmm. that is the region of the world that I am concerned about, most concerned about. My I, I love that. And I think it dispels. Yeah, I think it I think it dispels the notion that everyone from the Caribbean wants to come to the US and be a US citizen. I I, I love that you said that. Yeah, not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the US. I love vacationing there. Uh yeah. I love I love I love vacationing in, in the United States and I've been all over and some of my best vacations have been in the United States. And I love the U.S. culture and the people, mm-hmm. but I'm a Caribbean man. I love that. And the I cut you off, but the word for expat that you were saying? Yeah, I, I don't feel that in Grenada there's this expat kind okay. of thing. People are so gelled and bonded. Oh, and okay. it's more, Grenada is more of a family island. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel that there's an expat and, a, and, a, and I think it's actually... 
I don't really like the word, to be honest, because okay. you call some people from some parts of the world expats, and then you call others immigrants. Immigrants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we are all God's children, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't. I don't like that expat or whatever. You may have a citizenship from one country or the other. I have two citizenship: one from Barbados and one from uh, Grenada. Mm-hmm. Two passports. Uh, but uh, my son has uh, a few because he. <laughs> I love that for him. <laughs> right. Uh, his mother and and mine and and so on. But you know, at the end of the day, I think that uh, we have to get out of this expat thing. I don't like it. Yeah and uh and uh at the end of the day i think we all have to we all as human beings have to work towards the same uh, goal and the last question what's the first thing that you think of when you hear the word home the first thing i think about when i hear the word home yeah what does it mean to you family that's amazing beautiful beautiful i can be at home anywhere if my family are with me Mm, and that's me that's what makes uh makes it at home uh family the people that you love and care about around you Mm -hmm. that's 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 the meaning of home and even kind of how we started, I think that's a beautiful way to end because we started with about Mount Cinnamon being really great for family travel and you're yeah. bringing that idea of home and family to yeah. vacation. And I, I just think that's really beautiful. It's really, sure. really beautiful. Sure. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I could talk to you all day because it's <laughs> so insightful. <laughs> but... <laughs> I hope that, you know, I was able to share some you know, something that would be useful to someone, you know, maybe, yes, but absolutely. You know, everything that I say, I really mean, and, um, and, you know, I really feel passionately about, and, um, and uh, I really thank you for the opportunity. And you were, you're such a great representative of the warmth that I felt in Grenada, the welcomeness, the excitement to share the culture. And so since I've left, I've been telling everyone, you got to go there. (laughs) It's the most amazing place. And so I know I definitely will be back and back a lot. I can see myself now. We can't wait to welcome you. Thank thank you and have a great- Your whole family. Yeah, we're we're yeah. excited. My husband yeah. has been jealous because all I talk about is not, and I show him photos. I'm like, oh, look at this. <laughs> this was in Grenada. This, that was oh, that was in Grenada. Sorry. Yep, yep. come back. You guys, you guys gotta come. And, and, yep. We yep. will be. We definitely will be back with the yeah. baby and have yeah. a beautiful day. You too. Uh, you have too. a great yeah. day. Take care. All right. Bye. God Bye. bless. You. Take care. Bye. God bless you. Guys, I feel energized. Like I just had this great team meeting about the things I want to do, goals I have. Um, I hope it was as inspiring for you as it was for me listening to Barry hearing his gems. Thanks for listening to Building Home, an expat podcast with me and Naya Richards-Gallione. See you next time.